Hello, my friends. It's me, your girl, Melinda Rackley, the inspiration engineer. Today, we're going to dig into boundaries and dating a little bit more. And we have a special guest. Now, listen, y'all. This is my friend. So we're going to be nice to him on his first go round here at the Rise and Grow podcast. But it was quite interesting to hear some of his views. And of course, we also have Miss Shea T.L. Devon, who serves as one of the facilitators for the Sacred Sisterhood group and the Boundaries in Dating group. So listen, you might want to grab a glass of water for this one, along with your pen and your paper, because it is going to get heated, okay? So I'll see you right back here in about 30 seconds for Boundaries in Dating. I know you hear me. <laughs> hey, friend. So listen, normally there's some amazing announcement here or advertisement, but today I just want to encourage you to check in with yourself. I want to encourage you to reach out for help. The holidays are here, and I want you to know that you are not alone. I have a pen pal program specifically for the holidays. So if you would like to receive a handwritten letter or just have someone to talk to, you can send me an email. My email address is Rackley, R-A-C-K-L-E-Y, Melinda, M-E-L-Y-N-D-A, at gmail.com. And you write me a letter, I write you one. It's just a little something to help you through the holidays. You are not alone. All right, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome back. Y'all ready to dig in? We are talking about boundaries in dating. And today, this episode, I tell you, <laughs> this is going to make you laugh, shake your head. You might even get a little sweaty under the armpits if you care that much. <laughs> okay, well, maybe not. But, you know, um, Today we have special guest, Mr. Brandon Lampley, and his point of views are unfiltered, and some of them I agree with, some of them I don't, but no matter what, what we can respect the most is someone who is willing to share their beliefs and stand firm by what they believe. We know all too well how rare that is these days. So I hope that you're able to take what you can use, leave what you can't, and most of all, just know that our goal is to help you have and maintain healthy boundaries while you're dating and just navigating, trying to live your best life. So here it is. Enjoy. <laughs> Before we uh, dig into today, um, I would like for us to all answer this question. And it is, when have you seen or been involved in a too much, too fast relationship? And listen, um, <laughs> y'all already know, I, I talk about this all the time. My last serious relationship was just too much, too fast. Like we met one day, the very next week, it was just like, we're inseparable. And the infatuation was overwhelming. You know, weeks later, it just kept on going. And then I ended up moving. So it that, that thing, it was too much too fast. But I wasn't able to see it until I was out of it. Um, and that was about, I think it's coming up on three years, three years ago, two or three years ago now. I'm happy to be out of it because those too much too fast ones don't last that long. <laughs> um, 
So we have um, Brandon Roberts, which is one of my childhood, Brandon Robert Matthew Lampley. I, I didn't finish your name all the way. <laughs> um so we have him joining us today and um I would love for him to share a little bit about himself and and uh, answer this question oh yes um my name is of course um she put my whole government out there so uh, Brandon Lampley is what I go by um I cut it out I cut it out it's all it's all it's all good it's all good Um, but no, um, I'm a content creator, podcaster, um, working man, of course, um, been doing it for, say I've been podcasting now for almost about three years. I mostly cover sports, but my passion is, um, you know, content centered around, you know, men and the things that ail men and what they go through, um, in relationships, outside of relationships, their personal issues and traumas and, um, and especially boys, you know, boys are you know they're in the they're in the tough space right now especially in this country you know you have a lot of them walking around listless um no motivation no direction um so in over time it's 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 just going to get worse you know and they're looking for answers a lot of these guys are looking for answers you know so you know hopefully i can you know if i can just help a few you know that's all that matter to me Yes, I love that. You make me want to go listen to the podcast as if I ain't never heard it before. So, um, and, you know, have you ever seen or been involved in a too much, too fast relationship that you can think of or don't mind sharing? Mm, that was um, <laughs> probably majority of my relationship, especially when I was younger. Um, it wasn't until, you know, I got older that, you know, it kind of slowed down, but say go from especially the early to the mid 20s yeah then you know once I hit the late 20s going into my early 30s you know it's been totally different I haven't been um dating and that because you know I've been on a path of self-improvement got a lot of stuff to work on and you know don't really need the distraction and you know because a relationship is 100 100 it's not 50 50 you know whatever you're looking for whatever you desire you need to be a hundred percent of that. And so does the other person, you know? Yeah, that's so true. I, I like the way you said that it's a hundred, a hundred, not no 50, 50. This ain't no yeah. rent payment. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's miles. That's miles Monroe. You know, rest in peace. Yes. I love me some miles Monroe. He has, you know, when I've got serious about wanting to improve my dating life and my spirituality overall, um, his sermons have been very powerful. Like I still have a devotional book that I pick up at least once a week by Dr. Miles Moroso. His teachings, can, they definitely live on. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, you said something really powerful about, you know, not not dating right now because it is, you know, a distraction and, you know, you want to focus on personal growth and all that. I totally understand that. And that's, I think I can relate because that's where I am. And, um, I'm enjoying this, the sacred sisterhood group and the boundaries in dating, because I feel like when I ever get to the place, if I ever get to the place of feeling like I'm ready to date again, I have a firm foundation now to give a hundred and not be scared. You know, my people picker isn't broken. I'm not going to cut anybody on my broken pieces. Not going to be too much too fast. It'll be exactly what it needs to be when it's supposed to be. So 
I agree with you there. Yeah. All right, Miss Shay ITL Zavon. Uh, you've been hanging it out with us, uh, toughing it out with us for these past six weeks and the sacred sisterhood and the boundaries in dating. So we want to hear from you. Tell us about uh, a relationship that you've seen or been in, involved in. It was too much, too fast. It was like a whirlwind romance. <laughs> well, some people say <laughs> it's like you met the person. It was almost like um, serendipity. That's that's how it felt. And it was very rapturous. Like, you know, oh my gosh, I just met this guy and we just started off as, as friends. We have so much in common. We laugh at the same jokes. We have the same sense of humor. We like the same movies. He gets things about me that no one else has before when I make corny references to movies or things or books he he knows what I'm talking about we spoke our own language and I realized later on that that was literally a lot of love bombing in the very beginning and that was part of his MO and that that's what he did with everybody it wasn't just me it wasn't specific to me it wasn't tailored to me the only thing that was tailored to me was how he approached it but that was his MO with everyone and I had been the type of person that had been very cautious with letting people into my space. Like I had to know you for a long time before I let you into my space in certain ways. And with him, he made it so easy to let my guard down to be carefree. And I like that about being with him. Um, but as you stated, as you stated, and as Brandon uh, explained, it, it ended up being too much, too fast because it didn't give me time to take an account for what I was going through, what I was experiencing with him. I didn't get, I didn't get any time to myself to actually examine our day to day, like to think on it when I would get time to myself and I would go back and replay conversations in my head and things that we were doing. I'd be like, huh, that ain't make any sense. But it was almost like, I'm a movie buff. It was almost like love potion number nine where the guy would call her every couple of hours to keep her hooked on the line. He never gave me time to myself, free time to myself to think about what we had just experienced, to think about the conversations we were having because he didn't want me to examine what was going on. He didn't want me to see what was going on. So that was my experience or just one account of, of an experience like that. Brenda, you said something so powerful earlier. It was a a vulnerable admission that most of your relationships when you were younger had been too much, too fast, you know, and I can, I can totally agree with that. And I think um, because we grew up together and had some of the same exposures um, that growing up in the church, they didn't teach you the art of dating because dating is an art. It's a dance. You know, you can't be too fast, too slow. You got to stay with your partner. Uh, don't be too far ahead. They shouldn't be too far behind. You know, but uh, I think a lot of my relationships up until the last one that kind of broke me down and, and put me to the point of realizing it, it was too much too fast, which is why I like this um, this quote from the book Boundaries in Dating. It's in chapter 11. It says, the problem of premature commitment and over-involvement in dating relationships is a common one. Two people find that they have strong feelings for each other. In a short period of time, they begin investing enormous amounts of time in the relationship. They suspend or neglect other people, interests, and activities. Now, I'll share the rest of that quote sometime you know, during this podcast episode, but 
Um, for now, I feel like that was a lot to digest and it's so true. So I would love to hear what the two of you think about it and your personal experience of how you navigated then and how you would navigate different, differently moving forward. Um, so with this, I mean, you just, uh, you know, yeah, slow your roll. Slow your roll. Men are so simple. That would just, just, hey, it all sums down to slow your roll. All right. Well, we can end the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's it. You know, you slow your roll. And you're right about um, the church. You know, I've discussed with many people and talked about how the church really didn't, they didn't give you any tangible advice when it came to dating, you know, especially for women. Um, They kind of, they kind of like, it's almost like it was forbidden for you guys to do certain things and how to be a certain way, especially when it came to sex, you know, almost like, you know, well, if, if you like it, that's bad. And you're not supposed to be out here doing this, doing that and shame, 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 you know, especially the older church. That's, you know, it's not like that today. If you do that today, they, they trying to cancel you on Twitter. So, um, uh, yeah, the way Twitter, it is, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere, just cancel you. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't want you nowhere near it, but, the, the way you the way you do this, like I say, slow down. You have strong feelings for somebody, and wait time, time, time always. Now I understand, you know, a lot of ladies, especially if you're older, you know, time is not your friend. You feel like you up against the clock. I got that. Guys have time. Always remember that. Even if this dude is older, he in his forties. Even if he in his fifties, time is not to us what it is to y'all because uh, like right right now it's guys out here and they're going to they're going to f off for the first 40 years of their life they're going to wake up one day and like you know what I don't want to do this no more I want to get my crap together get his stuff together uh start building skills building wealth and by the time he hit his 50s you know he's made himself into you know whatever he was set out to be and then he can go back and get whatever woman that he chooses you know had he put in the 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 proper work it doesn't work like that for women you know it's kind of basically the opposite so always remember that time is going to show of course but you don't have a whole lot of time to i would say mess around so i would best way i could put this is be intentional about what you want up front how you feel things are going Um, because you know women i see you guys are very intentional about your careers you're very intentional about anything you want to accomplish um whether it's your children business relationships all of that but when it comes to men and it comes to your relationships it comes to marriage and things like that doesn't sound like it'd be very intentional. It's kind of like, oh, I'll get to it when I'll get to it. And that is a mistake. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'm curious to hear what you your feedback on that, Shay, before I chime in. The fact that he just laid out in a nutshell what I was talking uh, to someone else about, and um, this had to do about, you know, around the conversation of having children. And this young man didn't understand that women are born with everything we have. We're born with it. Our eggs literally are a year older than us because they're already inside of us when we, before, you know, before we even, you know, come out. So like you said, men have time. Like you said, they can play around until they, they get in their fifties. They can do whatever they want. And then they become 
the man that, like you said, that they they were destined to be or should have been or could have been in their thirties, and now they can go marry some young thing and live an amazing life. Where the woman that they screwed over when she was in their, her thirties and he was in his thirties, she's trying to make up for the damage that was caused by him because she wasn't intentional, and she allowed the woo woo, you know, strawberries and peaches and cream feelings of love to outweigh what she should have been really focused on. I've learned now in my 30s, you know, relationship is not just those lovey-dovey feelings because that will not make a good relationship. That does not sustain a good relationship, nor does it or will it sustain a marriage if that's what you're going for. They're wasting your valuable time. Your clock is ticking. Like say you want to start a family. You already have the career. Now you want to start a family. For you, 35 is geriatric pregnancy. He can have kids until he dies. So yeah. our time, in essence, in certain ways, is more, is more. I guess, I don't know, say valuable because we have less time to play around when we wanted to start and initiate and have certain things in our lives than men. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I also think it's it's based on what lens you look through. Like, I totally agree with what both of you are saying. I just feel like... If I'm looking at it through the lens of the world, then yeah, I don't got that much time. I can't, you know, blah, blah, blah. If I'm looking at it through the lens of my doctor, this is geriatric pregnancy, blah, blah, blah. But if I'm looking at it through the lens of my spirituality, not even religion, because I don't believe I'm a religious person at all. I do believe I'm spiritual, but not religious at all. Um, but if I look through the lens of my spirituality and I look at the Bible, the lady, she was old. Grandma was old having a baby. Okay. They was old, old. And if she could have a baby back in that day and live, why can't I have one, you know, at 35, 60, whatever age and be okay. So I think, but that took me a long time to get to that place. You know, I had to reshape the way I saw myself and the way that I saw the world and others. Like, I think that we all play with people's time at some point. Like the songs say, everybody play the fool. Um, but it's just, when you decide, I don't want to play with my time anymore, then you don't play with other people's time. And then, you know, life can take whatever shape you allow it to take. Like, you know, kind of like what you were saying, Brandon. But, you know, for me, it's all about slowing down in my life. Like, I, I feel like I might not be ready to seriously date for another at least year <laughs> you know unless God just sends someone that is just like I gotta date this person because it's like you you understand time is valuable you know it's short and it's extremely valuable so I don't want to waste it just dating to date you know but like you like you just said everybody wastes every, everybody's time so just like you know you could talk about guys who ain't this and ain't that and i mean we could let's bring the guys in and let's talk hey tell us about your experience with women out here and how how much time money energy that you wasted you know and got nothing in return got nothing to show for the time that was wasted you know and what it's a lot of women don't see any, don't see anything wrong with that that's the thing at least a lot of guys they'll know they'll understand like yeah i did what i did you know it is what it is so what um, and they be indignant about it. But women, they kind of like justify, well, um, well, I really didn't like him like that. Or, you know, you know, we, we were just friends and I didn't I didn't make it seem like that. And I'm like, just be honest. I mean, you, you was a time waster. What you did. 
Yeah, you you just said a good point. Be honest. People don't yeah. like to be honest with themselves and they can't be honest with other people or, yeah. or even authentic. It's like I've learned the power of just being authentic lately. Like if I have a question, I'll ask it. You know, even if I want a male's perspective or someone that's outside of my family, I've gotten comfortable now with asking and not feeling like I'm a burden or whatever, because I, I feel like when someone comes to your mind or your heart, that is your time to reach out to them. If you wait to after the fact, your time has passed, you know, time, it has certain measures and certain indicators that it's, it's now your time. But we waste our time because we get in our head too much, you know, and we're not willing to be honest. Like you said, Brandon, because when I tell you I have wasted some folk time, I knowing I wasn't going to get serious with somebody just going just to have a meal or just, <laughs> you know, because I wanted to have fun. Uh, or mm. somebody to talk to but I have wasted people's time before so just you know what is it for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction <laughs> yeah that's why dating dating is is has died it's, it's died it's dying a very slow death if dating is still alive it's at Shans right now in the trauma unit <laughs> not Shans all the places Shans okay it's Absolutely, not, it's gonna pass away in the in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. God! So if y'all if you're listening and you are not from the Jacksonville area, Shans or UF Health is um, not the best hospital. Um, <laughs> you know, so when you go there, be prepared to wait or just just be about to kiss death before you're seen. Um, <laughs> so that was funny. Um, I love this slide that uh, Shay has pulled out for us from the book about why it's important to wait. And it's three really good points that we could probably dive in together here. But uh, one of them is a relationship does not tolerate shortcuts. Uh, Waiting is a measure of importance and it's the nature of love. Um, So I kind of get the first one and the third one, but. I don't. I, I I think I need a little bit more clarity on the second one, a measure of importance. Shay, can you shed a little light on that one for us? So, based on what I read and my understanding of it, it was the measure of importance. A measure of importance is basically what do you and your date deem important, because they can be differing things. In mm-hmm. what ways do you align or not align? And like earlier in the book, it talked about the things you can live with and the things you cannot live without. So it's, you know, and what what are you going to, because there's compromise in anything, especially when it comes to relationship. What are you going to give? What are you going to take? What are you going to say? This is a hard no. Well, I can compromise on that or I can make a, you know, you know, give and take or see things your way on that. And then the nature of love. I I think I like that one probably the most because I've learned that uh, lately. And my my father has shown that to me. He's always been a very patient man. And Brandon, you know my dad. He is probably just he's the coolest, most easygoing guy. You know, he's just he's just there. You know, and I called him one day. I said, Dad, I need to go to the doctor up the street. I got to get this injection in my back and and he lives about 45 minutes from me 
So I said, you probably could just drop me off and I'll catch an Uber home. So he said, okay, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. So he got here and uh, took me to the appointment. And um, I said, dad, you can go home. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll catch an Uber on to the house. It's right up the street. I got out of the appointment and the very first thing when I walked out the door, my dad was there. He had flowers and a card and he was just waiting, you know, and I said, dad, I told you that I was going, you know, catch a Uber. You didn't have to, you didn't have to wait. And he said, you are my seed. I love you. I wasn't going to let you catch no Uber. So I sat here and waited, you know, and that was very powerful to me because it showed that, you know, when someone truly loves you, even if it's inconvenient, if you all are on the same path, if it's a peaceful, harmonious, you know, healthy relationship, they will wait and you will wait, you know? So that's my little story. So I'm listening to y'all now. (laughs) The nature of love um, I know for me, what I realized, and you know, everybody's different, but I realized that the way love was taught to us and the way it's been portrayed, I would have called it a bunch of BS because, you know, especially from the Disney fairy tale, you know, version of things and how it is. And, you know, it's just, it's not realistic. It's, it's not real life. If that's, if that's what you aspire to have, then you're going to be disappointed every time. And, the nature of love, especially love itself, this is something that's grown over time. And it's not a feeling or an emotion. It's an action. And it's what you do. You know, your dad could say all day long, oh, you my seed and I love you. And I want to be there for you. But if he's never there, you know, he never does those things. He never shows you that. Then, you know, it's just words. That's what it is. So um, a lot of people get caught up on the, that feeling and want to have that. And they chase the butterflies, they chase the thrill, but love is built over time. And in that time, the boring life, the mundane, the repetitive, same things over and over again, every day, you know, that's how that caring is built. That's how that closeness is built. That love is built. That's like um, arranged marriages. Arranged marriages are by far way more successful than the marriages we put together based off of fairy tale love today. That is so true. I just read a statistic and I, I wish I would have had it. But oh my God, it's it's weird that you just said that because I literally just read an article about other cultures and their arranged marriages and how they are surpassing the rate of Christians who get married and stay married. Yes. And one of the things that it was saying was they understand that love is more than just a feeling. It is. You know, love is, you know, and marriage is more than just, oh, I just love this person so much that I want to be with them forever. Marriage is like a business deal. Can you do business with this person forever? You know? So, oh my God, it's crazy that you said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, business deal. I, I always uh, joke with my mom and her friends and stuff. And I said, any any relationships or potential marriage I get into in the future is going to be very business-like. You know, um, that love and stuff and me caring or caring for one another, you know, that'll come in time. But it's going to be very laid out, very concise, very intentional about what I want, what the goal is, what we're trying to achieve, because it's duty. You know, who said anything about happiness? It doesn't say anything about happiness when it comes to marriages and relationships. That's a new concept. You know, it's about duty and about accomplishing the goal you two set um, together. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's so true. And I think that brings us to like another good point from the book. It's like shortcuts are not the way, you know, don't take shortcuts when it comes to dating and boundaries and love or even marriage. And I think that people who take those shortcuts, who who maybe don't go to the counseling or who maybe do get married after six months of dating. Now, I'm not saying that you're doomed if you get married after six months of dating, but um, you know, have you taken the time to really know this person? Have you really taken the time to evaluate their actions over time and not just the beginning love bombing or the moments of fuzziness? So um, I really appreciate it in the book why it talks about like why shortcuts just aren't possible um, and why it's important to spend some time away. One of the good bullets that Shea pulled, it says, spending time away from each other to think through the relationship alone and with friends. That's very healthy. You know, it's very healthy to have time away. Yeah, absolutely. You you have to have that time away and that time to think and be to yourself. You know, can't because once you get somebody all up under you and you just it's that person all the time. What happens is familiarity breeds contempt, and you know you just almost get the what I guess the I heard a bunch of women use it today. They get the ick where that's when you guys get that when you're just looking at us and like, why is he breathing so loud? That's when you know you've been together too long. <laughs> Yeah, now see, I think I don't necessarily agree with you on that. I think I may have a, a slightly different view. Um, you know, I think because your partner is the one person who you will be with, you know, hopefully for the rest of your life after you get married, I do think that you you're gonna spend a whole lot of time together. You that's why you need to like that person as a friend first, so that even when the romantic part is on the not on the the best of of ends, the the friendship is there. But I don't think that, you know, I think if a woman is looking at a man and it's like, if, cause we've been spending too much time together. I think that's like, she just has an internal issue going on. Cause you know, I think when I, maybe the one or well, the one relationship that I can say was a, a fairly healthy relationship. I never got that ick feeling, you know, we, we just grew apart cause I grew up, but uh, I never got that, that ick you know, that feeling. So I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I can uh, co-sign you on that statement. <laughs> Shay, what is your, what are your thoughts on this? Cause I think out of, out of both of us, you're the only one that that's, that's kind of been married, single dating, all, all the phases. So, um, <laughs> I think the only time to be honest in, in agreeing with what Brandon said about the ick, that's when, it's like you you had that fairy tale time, that honeymoon period, and you thought it would always be like that. Those are when women, you know, when they look at the man that they've been with for so long and they get that ache feeling because they're like, oh, this is what it turned into. I had no idea that over time, this is what we would we would have become. I thought that maybe we would have maintained some semblance of what we were when we first met. They They didn't understand that. That was them, you know, the representative. And it wasn't going to always be like that. So um, I can honestly say that in my marriage, I did experience a point of ick. Um, it's like, I, 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 I will say I knew him since I was 18. 
But during my marriage to him, I did experience a point of it, like, why are you still here? And it wasn't even why are you still here? It's like in this capacity, like you could be so much more than this. Why don't you want to be more than this? Like, why do you want to still be this person this same way? Um, and that's how I experienced it. But I will say that in my new relationship, I have not experienced that. And I think it's because he, as they say nowadays, he understood the assignment. On our first date, he was like straight, like, this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. I'm not, da- I'm not dating to just play around. I'm not dating to just have fun. I'm dating for marriage. You know, how many kids do you have? You know, how many children's fathers do you have? You know, like early in, he was like, what is your credit score? Like what we're we doing? It's like, it was really like, a, like <laughs> I felt like a business deal for real. I was like, this is new. This is interesting. It wasn't all the warm and fuzzies like, oh, let's get to the movies. Let's hold hands in the park. It wasn't a lot of that. And I realized that's what I needed. I was okay with it. Because none of that other stuff had really spawned anything healthy for me. Because he didn't think about life after dating or life after the the honeymoon phase, after the fairy tale, after all the the warm and fuzzies wore off. It didn't prepare me or I I didn't at the time think of life, all of the other moments in between those moments. Because life is made up of mostly the not so happy, fuzzy moments. It's made up of all of the other things in between as well. And we forget that. Shay, something, something you said, Shay. Um, you said um he still wanted to be that same person, didn't want to grow. I mean, that's that's common. That's common, especially relationships um here in America, is that when and you know abroad maybe too, but definitely here where the man goes into the marriage hoping the woman never changes. The woman goes into the marriage hoping that the man changes, and both end up disappointed majority of the time. Because he is who he is. He's not changing. That's who yep. he is. My boyfriend you guys, told me that. <laughs> yeah. Before we became, we made it official. He was like, I just want you to know that I'm not really going to change. This is like, this is me. And yeah. I was like, am I willing to be with this? What he's telling me, this is who he is and how he is. Am I willing to be with him if he remains the same? And I will say that when I went into my marriage, I went into it thinking, oh, I could get him to change. And that was very wrong of me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do that this time. I went into it this time knowing and understanding if he never, if a thing about him never changed, could I live with that? Right. Mm, right. That's and good. men, men want you, we want you guys to stay the same. We want you to be that same girl that we you know that we first saw we first laid eyes on we first had those feelings for but you know you guys have changed um throughout the day y'all not the same person at eight o'clock <laughs> the same person right. at four o'clock and in the afternoon so that's something that a lot of women fail to level set with men i'm going to change drastically throughout our life especially if you experience childbirth you experience yeah. a lot of different women experience a breadth of emotion like you say throughout the day depending on the time of year it is a lot of times for some women you know she's going to go through through physical changes with her body mm-hmm. you know some men they don't understand how that plays a part into to the mental of their woman and they don't always know how to tap into that and meet her wherever she is during the day during the year during the month 
So you just have to have a man that understands that. And he can meet you wherever you are. And long as long as he look, look long as he, long as he knows how to help you maintain balance and get you back to the, as you say, the girl that he met, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's good. And I love this. Um, that brings us to this quote here. Um, and I got this from chapter 12 of the Boundaries and Dating book. It says, being in love in the beginning of a relationship is an illness. It is treatable, but it's an illness nevertheless. The illness is the inability to see reality. Uh, mm. And I laugh because that I, I have been guilty of this illness. I probably went to Shans. That's why I didn't get diagnosed. But um, <laughs> but I've been so guilty of this illness. Um, you know, and like Shay was saying, those those warm fuzzy feelings in the beginning of the relationship and and all the love bombing and oh this is everything I ever dreamed, um, but it was an inability to see reality. I think if I would have stepped out of it and just get, shook myself a little, I would have seen that this person is not real. This is an imposter. He is sending the representative, you know. And I think that's in dating. It's important to get real with yourself and, you know, don't be all stuck in that condition of in love and it's not real. It's not reality. Uh, that That is true. I always say uh, a man in love is a man in danger because he's not thinking clearly. Yeah. I always, always say that that's, that's, that's probably one of, one of the, I'll say one of the worst positions that he can be in because, you know, as a man, you know, you are the leader. You're looked at to be stoic. You're supposed to be that rock. You'll be like a stone. And I always hear, you know, y'all always talking about, oh, you know, just, we just want you to be a little vulnerable with us. You know, you, you, you could just be a little vulnerable and sensitive and tell me no, 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 and no. He's not your girlfriend. He's not your homegirl. So no. I think I think I have a few that I just had so many questions to come to my mind. Now this could be just my little my little silly uh, naive mind here. Uh -huh. So I don't know if I'm just not understanding what you're saying fully, or if there's still some explaining to go. But um, what I'm hearing is you're saying that a man is supposed to be just uh, you said stoic. Is that the word you used? Yeah like a a rock and just saw and all that so that doesn't mean he doesn't show any emotion it's just that it's it needs to be limited and he can't discuss his personal he not discuss uh his personal issues that he's going through with you in depth he kind of brush it and let you know a little bit of what's going on but his issues and what problems that he has is ones he should discuss with other men because men are natural problem solvers and he takes those issues to men because you are you come to him with your issues and he's supposed to solve your problems not the other way around you know so we, if that's the case then why do he even have a why why is he even with the woman if he can right, get all his problems solved from them if he can get all his problems solved from his homeboys that sounds like he need to just be with his homeboys. Right, because why was the woman designed or created to be a helpmeet if not to help yeah. meet the needs that he has? He so, should be able to he should be able to share the things with her 
Yeah, you assist him. Asking her to solve them or help him solve them, but sometimes her listening ear is what helps him work through that problem. Yeah, you assist him with what he needs. So if he needs that from you, then that's what you um, that's what you do. That you assist him with what he needs. But what the way that you just explained it, you don't even give the woman an opportunity to effectively assist if she doesn't know the truth. You know. You can't just have the truth is still a lie. So, you know, if you just share the surface of what you're going through or whatever, the woman's probably one, she's going to know that there's something else going on that you're keeping from her, which is not going to help the relationship. So I don't know. I'm trying to understand what you're saying. You, the, the way you guys process our issues, like just put it, for example, if I'm, with somebody I'm in a relationship and I'm going through something and I come to you complaining about what I got going on. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, got all these issues and and crying and, and moaning and all of that stuff. What that's going to do is it's going to, you're going to look at me differently and you're going to say, see, I think you're assuming no, 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 no. This is proven. I'm telling you. This where, is where is it proven? Let me see it. Where this, is it proven? This is, this is this is proven. So many people have debunked this where women always say you guys want this, but that's not really, really what you want. Because you don't, you're going to look at me differently if you see me in that vulnerable state. You just are. Like, it's a woman right now. You can you can look up this, this video for all your listeners She's a, a UFC fighter, and I can't remember her name to save my life, but she was on the Joe Rogan podcast, and she talked about her boyfriend, who was also a UFC fighter. And so she was watching him fight, and during his fight, when the guy was getting ready to, he, he was like, he was unguarded, and the guy was getting ready to hit him in the face, and he flinched. And she said, just from that flinch alone, turned her completely off because he was in a vulnerable position. And she was just like, she's like, I couldn't get past it. She's like, he was a great guy. Um, You know, he, we had such a great relationship. She said, but after that point, it was just like, ah, I just, I can't get past that because she saw him in a vulnerable position. It's just, it's just what it is. And I know it's, it's, it's hard to think about, but if you really, really think about in the past, you dealt with guys, and if they've ever emotionally dumped on you, you looked at him differently after that. Actually, I didn't. I appreciated it because it allowed me an opportunity to see what they were going through and evaluate whether or not I could effectively be a help for that person. So mm-hmm. I don't, you know, the humanity. Yeah, I don't, I'm really, I don't, you know, and you know, we, we're all entitled to our own opinions. I just really don't agree with you on this point. I think that also there's a different caliber of, of women. And I think, you know, I don't think that I'm in this caliber, but I think that I've done a lot of work to be emotionally intelligent at this phase in my life. And I think women who have worked on their emotional intelligence, they're able to, differentiate like a a moment that a person is having from the actual person you know you're having a moment this is not you you are not weaker you are just a human this is just a moment Uh, you know so I don't I don't necessarily agree with what you're saying but I do see you know 
how that can be the case for some women. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say that it's most. So maybe you, well, maybe most you are. Most is not all. So that's the yeah, good thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying maybe you are in that percentage that you know who can you know look at a man and and not not have that those feelings or whatever. But no, I'll tell any guy. No, you don't emotionally dump. Yeah, I can let you know things. But no, that's not a that's not a good practice for a man. And this is coming from a man. It's not. It's just it's not. And it's it's never been It's never going to be no matter how much we call, quote unquote, progress. And, you know, we're different and we're not our grandmothers and grandfathers. Some of the old ways still work and it's never going to change. Okay. Well, those are very strong opinions there. Shay, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. I plead to feel. <laughs> Why did I feel like you were going to be like, well, I'm just going to let it go. I'm not going <laughs> to. I was like, it's, that's a lot. Um, it's a lot. And I. Brandon. I don't know the type of women you dealt with, but it seems like they hurt you. Ah, uh, here we go. Here, here, I'm just, here I'm we just go. being honest. I'm just being here honest. I, I kind of agree with, with Belinda where it depends on the caliber of the woman and if she's emotionally intelligent enough to understand and the full spectrum of humanity. A man has vulnerability too. It takes a lot more strength to be vulnerable than, than it does to just sit and be stoic. It really does. Yeah, it, it, it takes it takes a you know a um takes a strong man to you know be vulnerable, of course. But well, first and foremost, you know when I look at trauma and things that guys have been through and who's been hurt and who's really been hurt, um, and I assess my past relationships, I am nowhere close to what has happened to those guys. Like I'm very thankful. I'll thank any woman that I've dealt with in the past. Thank you for not putting me through what I've seen a lot of men go through. So this is not a from personal experience to where, oh, yeah, she she left me. And, you know, she when I when I was going through this, she act like that. No, this is observation. You know, being around mm-hmm. couples, being around marriages um, whether they were family or close personal friends or just mm-hmm. looking at case studies and doing studying like human behavior and how relationships mm-hmm. work and our interactions and you know, female nature, male nature, that once once you do a deep dive into it, it's it's very obvious. And we're very simple. We still we try to act progressive, but we're we still operating off that lizard brain, that that old, you know, it's it's biology. You know, we're just going off of biology still. You know, we could talk about and use all these fancy words, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day, it, you know, is is you know, it's east, west, black, white, up, down. And again, you know, I, 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 I don't really agree, but what I will say, and then we can, you know, keep it moving. What I will say is, again, there, it depends on the caliber of person. Um, emotional intelligence and exposure has a lot to do with the way a person navigates the world and interacts with others. Um, and I've seen that to be true. I have met some men who were absolutely amazing and emotionally intelligent, like out of this world, they were able to be vulnerable. And we're, I still, I have one of my 
greatest, but best friends. You know, we went to college together, extremely intelligent, you know, and they're able to be vulnerable. They're able to be strong. And it's a, it's a very nice balance between the two, a nice harmony, you know, and I think that's what it all boils down to, even with dating is the ability to operate in harmony and not not balance. You know, everything exists in its own space and you visit it when it's time. So when it's time to be strong, you're strong. When it's time to relax, you relax. When it's time to be intense, you're intense, you know, but you just, again, it's it's just how intelligent are you emotionally? Um, that's what I believe it boils down to. Um, and I don't think the world is black and white or, you know, what you just said, I think that there are some shades of gray and red and pink and blue, you know, it's just, it it's all depends on the lens that that person has been exposed to. No, I, I know it is. I didn't say that the world wasn't, I said that the way we operate is, you know, we talk a good game and we say we're progressive and we're, a lot of people say they're different, but we're pretty much operating the same way we've always operated. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I think maybe you might need to expand your your horizon a little bit because I've met some fantastic people in the last few years that operate so differently that it's caused me to up my game. You know, um, again, I met a friend. I can safely call her a friend. I met her like last year, actually early this year sometime, and we became great friends. And, you know, she has her own business. Her husband works in IT. They have a son. And they operate so differently than any black married couple that I've seen, but it works. It's How long have they been married? But it works. I think they've been married a few years now. Um, a good amount of time, not like a year or two. It's a good. It's been a good amount of time. I just don't want to misquote the dates, but you know, I think that it really depends on again your exposure and who you want to be. Like, I don't want to be with anybody who can't put in the time to create a world with me that works for us. You know, that takes time. That takes effort. That takes energy. It takes focus. Um, And two people who are just on the same thinking plane, you know. Yeah. And you can you need to be that you need to have that and you need to do that. But the we blurred the lines of roles like you don't. And that, that's one of that's one of the things that, you know, the soul. Like, oh, my God, what do you what do you mean roles? And, you know, they, they get you know, people get a little hot under the collar when you talk about roles. But our roles in the relationship and marriage, it's clearly defined. But over time, we blurred them. And it's kind of like it's almost flipped where you'll see men take on more of a. I would say feminine role and women take on a more of a masculine role. And we kind of like have gone backwards, but for the most part, there are some exceptions. There's always exceptions, always exceptions, but exceptions don't prove the rule and how things work. Like say if you are a woman and you know, you, you're very masculine, you operate in your masculine and to be a career woman, to be that go-getter, to be all of that, you know, that's something that you have to do. You and a masculine man, it's not going to, you're not going to be able to coexist because he's not looking for a, um, a competitor. He's looking for a, like, like Shay said, he's looking for a help me. He's like, I'm looking for an assistant. I'm, I'm, I'm a quarterback. Um, I need you to be the receiver or the running back. 
we can't have two quarterbacks. I'm the point guard. You go be in the post, and I'll drop it down to you for the easy layup or the dunk. That's what I need, you know. And we want to go, well, no, you can have this and you can have that. For the most part, no, we've seen that. That's not working. And it hasn't worked. It, it hasn't worked. But, of course, like you say, you have some couples that it's going to work for them. But that's not the majority. It's not the norm. Okay. All right. Shay, you, you real quiet over there. You, <laughs> you still with us? <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. I'm still here. <laughs> she said, I'm still here. Wow. Yeah. Well, we have definitely, uh, you know, covered a lot. Um, it's been a very interesting uh, uh, discussion. It, it <laughs> quite different than some of the others that we've had. Um, but I am sure that the ladies would love to hear it. I'm curious to hear what some of their feedback is going to be. Oh, yeah. Um, let me know. Hey, they got questions for me. Yeah, ladies, any questions that you have, I'll be happy to answer them. <laughs> I don't duck the smoke. Bring it on. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess he is being solid as a rock here, standing up for what he believed in. That's good. You do your thing. All right. Well, we are going to close out. Um... <laughs> I told you you was going to need to grab you some water, your pen, and your paper for this one. <laughs> I am so curious to hear. Um, what your thoughts are after hearing that episode of the Rise and Grow podcast with our special guest, Mr. Brandon Lampley and Ms. Shea T.L. Zavon. So listen, I'm not going to prolong the time. I want to hear from you. Leave your comments below. You can even email us at thesacredsisterhood2022 at gmail.com. Um, you can always email me, uh, racklymelinda at gmail.com. But most of all, I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Rise and Grow podcast hosted by me, your girl, Melinda Rackley, the inspiration engineer. I'll see you soon, friend. Bye. <laughs>